So I never had Kerry marked down as a TikToker. Uh, but, oh. But, but, I, um, but she clearly not... spends a lot of time on TikTok. The Tuffle Commute, Season 15, Episode 3. Welcome back. It's another episode of the Tuffle Commute. We're back again. This is the Tuffle Commute, a podcast about language for language teachers, which is not about language teaching, but the topic always comes up. I'm uh, there. Are, currently are, you, are you with us, Lindsay? I am. With, I am with it's you. Not, I'm like super you've, excited. You've done, I think you've, I had, done, you've done ever so well in the last few episodes. You've got I like know, completely right, I, and you've just seemed to be, you know. I had oh. I had the one extra coffee this afternoon. I maybe should not have had. So I'm a bit jumpy. Um, oh. That's good. We, let's well, let's jump we, in. Let's, let's just, jump in. Yeah. Well, let's say let's jump in with our names. So my, I'm Lindsay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kerry. Hi, I'm Sean. Okay, and we're uh, on episode three of our new season and in the temple commute uh, this season we've been each bringing something topical of interest uh sort of happening in the world or in our lives that we think is interesting and relatable to the teachers and we have a little chat about it so um i we just before we started recording i was telling sean and carrie that i definitely wanted to start this one so is that okay can i just check with my two co-hosts you go yeah, ahead go yeah. On <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's right yep so um if i were to say to right now we're recording this on friday the 21st of october uh not even 24 hours after uh the british prime minister liz trust got the dubious honor of being the shortest term ever british prime minister is that right sean i don't live in britain uh, yes I... yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, is, it, um... is it kind of technically not quite wasn't there someone who is like an interim but you know so interim doesn't count for no, a slightly shorter no. time or am i wrong no no you're wrong wonderful she's, i'm she's, glad she's, i'm wrong <laughs> very well, glad i'm the wrong. <laughs> shortest person before that was uh but by no they were talking about this morning mm. i can't remember yeah, yeah no no, it's but not even anyway. Close. So it was it was it was a not a very long tenure for Liz Truss. And why are we talking about this on the episode? Not only because it's topical and it's England and you know this English England whatever. It's okay for you two. You don't live here. <laughs> but I do love the way that Lindsay has said is saying that she's English. You know, sort of as a <laughs> yes. as a Welsh person, I really do like to wash my hands of Westminster. <laughs> Well, what I was what I was uh, more interested in was the thing that had been reaching the news about her um, grip on power, weakening and weakening, and sort of everyone saying it would be sorry, gone. Sorry, she never had a grip. Well, her <laughs> tenure as prime minister weakening. What it what it suddenly attracted international news was a what many would call a television stunt done by was it the. Daily Star? Yeah, it was, yeah. The Daily Star. Now, what they had done is because an article in The Economist, uh, some of you may know this already or not, I'm just going to give you the context. An article in The Economist uh, had said that um, Liz Trust would not last as prime minister as long as, uh, would would have the same uh, length of um, being prime minister as the life 
a shelf life of a lettuce. I think those were the exact words, the shelf life of a lettuce. And it was such an interesting metaphor that the, um, the daily star, did I say? The daily yeah, yeah. star uh, got a lettuce and put it on a live cam uh, with like some googly eyes on it next to a uh, framed picture of Liz Trust. And they just had this live cam going with the competition, who will last longer, the lettuce or Liz Trust? And I saw this like as on a tiny bit of like mention on the news, like at the beginning of the week, but by Wednesday, it was regularly on Spanish news and on Canadian news. And then I heard, uh, my wife said it was regularly appearing on French news, German news, this sort of had become a big thing. And, um, well, Sean, why don't you tell us what happened when Liz Truss resigned? Because you told me live. Yeah, so the first thing I did when she resigned was go to the live stream. And at the uh, at the live stream, of course, the lettuce had won. So they played the national anthem and then played lots of, like, uh, there were lots of flashing lights, uh, like disco lights and party lights uh, on it. And then somebody quietly came on and just laid down the photo of Liz Truss. And, 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 and the caption changed to something like the lettuce won or something like that. It was just yes. beautiful. It was one of those moments. Like... And then some Somebody told me they said today that they had projected an image of the lettuce onto the side of the House of Commons. Oh, is that led by donkeys? I don't know. Probably. Yes. Do, you know, yes. do you know led by donkeys? They do some no, amazing stuff. They're well, a political so they, There was that stunt as well. And the people who did it are now desperate to keep it going. So they're saying the lettuce will address the nation soon and there will be more news and stuff. So, I mean, it's, but it's quite interesting. Um, just, it, it's interesting when you talk about, if we talk about it from an English language point of view, but I mean, like the word, the fact that lettuce now has this kind of UK cotext of meaning yes you know yes. that there would be meaningless to anybody else outside, outside <laughs> yes. of the uk it's, uh... exactly except except it is meaningful now to well yeah i mean picked up but but on the yeah. long run perhaps not well I, I can imagine it's going to get ingrained into the language you know as yes the other, that's like, true uh, as, the life of a lettuce yes, yes yeah yes the life of things will get measured out <laughs> in lettuce lives yeah yeah instead <laughs> of like you know the size of belgium it'll be the shelf life of a of lettuce, lettuce. <laughs> exactly I, yeah, but, I, but so, I, I also enjoyed it I don't know if you, I, I don't want to stop on it, but did you see all the puns that came with the lettuce with the different like, types of lettuce as well? Romaine. So and... the, Ro, the, Ro, the Romainers, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's all a Romainer conspiracy. And so I, 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 oh my God, what iceberg? What was the iceberg one? Uh, no, so there were lots of tips of icebergs, obviously. Oh, right, yes, it's just the tip of the iceberg. I see. Oh, and, she, and, she, and, re, and she resigned because, you know, oh, there, oh. There, there, lots, there was lots of the wet. <laughs> Anyway, so all of this got me thinking of uh, vegetables and thinking also that if this was going to become an expression in um, British slang, something about lettuce, I thought, what about other um, fruit and vegetable expressions in English? And so I'm going to finish my section with a little quiz for you guys where I'll describe something and you have to name the idiom. You know, a typical English teacher thing, I'll, I'll describe it and you have to say what the idiom is. The only hint is the idiom will have a fruit some or but... vegetable in it. That's the only thing I'll say. But before I did that, I went and looked at other languages that I spoke, that I speak, and that I, I, I researched, um, and to look at other languages, fruit and vegetable ones. Because just as when we teach students sort of, you know, a, 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 an, a, a, an idiomatic expression, it gives a lot of pleasure. It suddenly gives me pleasure to literally translate some Spanish and French ones, which I'll do for you. And Kerry will know some of these. But um, there's one, uh, a couple of Spanish ones. One that I like um, is to eat the coconut. If you eat the coconut, comerse el coco, it means that, Kerry, how would you describe to eat the coconut? Uh, 
it's like something that confuses you no that yes it's, yeah uh, like it, it befuddles it's eating you or into be, your head you, yes it's something yeah so so you eat the coconut when you say that um another one which is nicer is like encontrar su media naranja so when you uh, find yeah. your half orange that's like when you find the love of your life or your soulmate or something. No. You find your half orange. That's a nice I one. love the fact that it's an orange in space. <laughs> yes, it is. An, you it know, because <laughs> like they're just obviously they're growing on trees. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another one is is to be of bad grapes. <laughs> Ooh. Estar de mala uva, which is to be in a bad mood. So okay. estar de mala know. uva. It's like oh. I am of bad grapes. Maybe uh, again. Is I it like a regional one? I don't, maybe I don't it know. is. Is I, it bad in Fiana? Who knows? Yes, maybe. And then another one, which isn't, I think, is when something um, matters to me like a pepper. <laughs> what? Me importa el pepino means like, or no, un pimiento. Like cucum or a pimiento cucumber. Or a pepino. Yeah. yeah, so it can be like, it in, this is this is important to me as a pepper is or as a cucumber is. So uh, does that mean, I don't know, is that less important or more important? No, it means it doesn't, I don't care. It doesn't matter. What you yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I care more about the pepper <laughs> or the cucumber than I care about this. No, but that's what I assume, but you never know with an idiom. It could be. <laughs> and now I've got some French ones as well, which are nice. Is, um, uh, if you say it's the end of the beans, c'est la fin des haricots. Have you heard? Uh, anybody French? So is, that, is that where British politics is at the moment? At the end yes. of the beans? Yeah, it's like it's all over. It's done. This is done. Like this is like I'm done. I'm out of here. This is this is the worst. It's it's the end of the beans. Um, in French, if you fall into the apples, if you tombe dans les pommes, it means you faint it. Okay, right. I was going to so, say so, go to sleep, so it's, it's uh, fainting. Yeah, no, I was going okay. to drink yeah. too much cider. <laughs> yeah, so you fall into the <laughs> apples. Um, and if you bring, if if someone brings their strawberry, so if I can say, oh, Sean brought his strawberry today. <laughs> and what, do I get arrested for that? <laughs> ramener la, ramener la fraise <laughs> means <laughs> like to to be bullshy, to be sort of, oh. you know, coming and joking and sort of like, or, or, or to be picking a fight. I can see why to describe me then. <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to be picking a fight. So I was like, why if I said, strawberry though? That I don't makes know. like no if sense it, at all. I, I it's know an idiom. In my, in my, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In my in my in-laws, they would often say something like, stop bringing your strawberry. It means like, stop picking a fight, stop coming there. And then finally is the last one, which I thought was really good. This is um, when you accelerate in idiom uh, in French for accelerating is appuyer sur le champignon, to press on the mushroom, <laughs> which is just... That's when you hit the gas, I guess. Like when you yeah, accelerate but you can kind of see it, can't you? If you're looking at the yeah. round head of a of a mushroom, it's like a button or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you you press on the button anyway. Um, that's those can are I, the ones. Can I, I add a little? Oh, uh, go can for I add it. A little add, add Italian one. What oh, I like, yes, what I, I like could, about I, Italian is the substituting of swear words with vegetables uh, or with food yes. in general. So yeah, you get yeah. que uh, I'm going to get this right. <laughs> okay. Que cavolo, <laughs> as in yes. oh. What you a cabbage! Yeah. You know, what a cabbage! Of, and, yeah. yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you know, sort of the other one, of course, is que pizza oh. um, when something <laughs> yeah. is really but boring, that, but, but it that, isn't okay. pizza at all. But it goes <laughs> with a hand gesture that kind oh, okay. of would bring it to life. So yeah, um, I, 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 but that's actually quite good fun. With my, yeah, with my son, he obviously doesn't, we don't want him to swear, but what we want, so we trade insults with each other by calling each other like vegetables. And, we, and, and it's quite nice practicing the insults like you tomato, you know, so, you can get, <laughs> so it's actually quite good fun to do that kind of thing. Well, that's a perfect segue to the last part of my section, which will be testing you on some common uh, English idioms that have fruit and vegetables. 
people. So I will I will um, describe what it is, and you have to whoever can say the the idiom first, right? So if someone has a lot of energy, we would say they are. Full of beans. That's right. There you go. Okay. Thanks. Someone <laughs> has um, like things are becoming crazy, or he became crazy. It they you. Uh, Crazy. Mm -hmm. so, come on, well, British say, politics so... has become crazy. British politics has lettuces. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll put. The, I'll give you the verb to go. Bananas. Something. There you uh, go. Yeah. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, if two people are very similar, they are how? Peas in a pod. That's right. Okay. Uh, too quick, Sean. Too quick. <laughs> I'm back with it. I was feeling uh, under pressure, Gary. After your first one was like, what, what happens if you like, like you're not supposed to say something, but you you tell the secret anyway? You spill, spill the beans. beans. That's oh. right. Beans and what, again. <laughs> what happens? What, what about someone who um, just spends all their time uh, watching telly, sitting down on a piece of furniture? Catch potato. <laughs> Catch potato. And finally, um, I, I was like this one. I never could understand what it was from. Is um, uh, when you want to say, well, "What do you think of that?" Where did, did you like this? Um, when you're sort of like like saying that ironically to somebody, like, "How about that?" Hmm. Like it's, it's a taunt. Sean? It's almost like a taunt. Like I'm taunting you. Like I just, like, oh yeah. Well, how about that? And it's a fruit. Are you back to bananas? Nope. <laughs> apples. Yes. Apples. Apples. Pears, a oranges. Apples. Apples. How about apples? No. <laughs> that how do you like? How do you like those apples? Yes. How do you like them apples? <laughs> oh, rubbish. Sorry, I didn't realize oh, we were I've doing 18th century English. Never heard that one. I have no, never oh, heard that I've one. I've heard that one before. I had a friend who always said it when we played a board game together. He'd be like, "How'd you like them apples?" When he'd done a particularly good move or something like that. Okay. All right, and that's the end of my section. Oh, yeah, and the only thing I would have done in your section is, as I said to you in, uh, when you said you were going to bring the word lettuce, you forgot the word tofu. Because I think that was because oh. lettuce and tofu have also been in in our news all week. What was uh, tofu? But tofu. tofu. No, no, we're all now. It's become an identifier. So if you go on Twitter, you you will you will see people identify themselves as having tofu because uh, Swala Braverman before she so she, she was a Home Secretary at the start of the week, uh, in the week <laughs> we're recording. <laughs> yeah, she, she resigned the next day, um, but she's still up in Parliament. And um, you know, I, I don't know how much you were following. You've followed this. Um, with this um, collapse of British politics. So in the name calling, um, Truss um, started it by mm -hmm. calling uh, calling people the anti-growth coalition, yeah? Yep. And so Bra Braverman decided to take this further in a speech on Monday where she insulted the insulted people by saying, you're a Guardian reading. So that's a kind of liberal-leaning newspaper if you're not in the UK. So you're a Guardian eating, you're a Guardian reading tofu-eating wokarati. I so, love that wokerati because that so, was which has immediately become like a, a yeah. kind of badge of honor. People are just yeah. t-shirts out on it. <laughs> so, so you, so this week was you know like victory for the vegans. Tofu beat the Home Secretary and lettuce beat the Prime Minister. You know, oh, wow. so, like, oh perfect. A, a week in British, a week in British politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall be we interesting. A... I was going to say by episode four, when we record episode four, how many Prime Ministers will the UK have had? That's true. That could be well, part of a quiz. Yeah. Someone was saying that uh, King Charles um, could possibly beat his mother's record of the number of prime ministers he'll have yes. during his reign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, should we go to a break? It's not yes. easy, so I need to relax.
Welcome to the algorithm. The algorithm brings you the best in example language sentences found on the web and language learning apps. Each is tailored and randomized, especially for you. Your sentence for today is Did that yellow sponge say something? Did that yellow sponge say something? Right, we're back. So, um, my thing was vegetables in honor of lettuce and tofu, I guess. But uh, I'd like to hear, Sean, what do you, what have you got for us today? What, what's attracted your attention? Uh, what's attracted my attention is the word micro. Micro? <laughs> yes. Go on. I'm. Yeah, and it's got nothing to do with vegetables. I'm or British, a or British little well, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I, I, I am intrigued because I want to. It, it's specifically one aspect of micro that I want to talk about because I'm. Um, Rather like in the last episode where Kerry had been doing uh, some research on on um, on uh, literacy was the word, wasn't it? Yeah. I was I've, I was looking up um, I was doing some research on micro credentialing. So you know you know micro credentialing the idea of doing a short course and getting a badge or a short award. So I was doing some research on that and I came across um, and I, I came across some ELT papers and ELT uh, blogs actually, which were, which were obviously written at the beginning of the year, and um, they were talking about trends of of twenty twenty two in in language teaching, and one of them was micro learning, and I've not heard particularly heard this phrase before, so micro learning was going to be be the the trend. So I I kind of knew micro credentials, you know, but because that's what you get for doing MOOCs or all short courses, yeah. but this concept this concept of micro learn micro learning. And so my first thought is, am I the only one that hasn't heard of this? <laughs> I'm... I, I haven't heard of it, but but then I sort of wonder if I have in another mm-hmm. way, because I've worked with some app companies, and I get the feeling that they might be talking about this, sort mm-hmm. of like in the same way of bite-sized learning. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So micro-learning, so the definition, of the, the uh, a number of websites, but the de- definition is it's an educational strategy that breaks complex topics down into short-form standalone units of study that can be viewed as many times as necessary whenever and wherever uh, the learner has the need uh, for it. Uh, micro-learning is performed in short-time bursts, requires little effort, and it involves simple or narrow topics, which to me sounds worrying. Little effort? I mean, language is, uh, is, <laughs> yes. is slightly there. And, and yeah. while so while this came up, and we can discuss it out, it kind of tied in with something else, because micro-learning would be seen, so a site like Duolingo, or an app like Duolingo, would be seen as a micro-learning site. Um, and, and then coincidentally, um, somebody applied for uh, one of the courses I run, and normally they put we ask for the language level just to make sure they can cope with the 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 input level of the course uh and so people would normally identify let's say with a a, a european framework level you know like i'm a c1 i'm, I'm a c1 speaker or a b1 or, or or whatever and this applicant put my duolingo score is 80 out of 100 wow which okay, is meaningless is to fir- me. That's a, <laughs> that's a first time. I mean, are we showing our age? That that. Well, so, we, hey, yeah, yeah. So, I'm, 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 I completely old age. That's, that's my point to the audience. To you, am I completely old age? Is micro learning a thing? Um, are we moving into the era of Duolingo scores? I mean, Duolingo, just by example well, here. Duolingo but- are now putting a bid for to be accepted by unis in the UK um, as language testers for incoming undergraduates. So 
they obviously are kind of there moving into that area. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, if you're not if you're not sure, you want some idea of of what what it is, then um, there is uh, so Duolingo is an example. Of th- if you do things like Word of the Day, uh, you know those kind yeah. of things that, that that would be seen as micro learning. Even TED Talks, to a certain extent, are, are micro learning because. Um, but that word micro as well has also been coming up in lots of other things. I mean, yeah. I've been talking, thinking about micro pauses during webinars. Um, also, like, isn't micro teaching, isn't that like in CELTA or, mm-hmm. or, or certificate where they teach just like, fift- like you teach 15 yeah. minutes of the yeah, class yeah, yeah. and then someone else teaches it. Yeah. Or you micro teach, like you'll, you'll teach an activity to a group of people, sort of like, I'm just going to show you this with a bit of micro teaching. So yes, micro does seem to be the... It seems to be the, the trendy word, but I'm quite curious. I mean, this like, so you get into it. And uh, I can't remember the website I was on, was suggesting that micro learning comes about as well as a way to, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Eben House's forget, forgetting curve, is that right? The, the idea that if you, his curve, that if you frequent something many times you um your memory and micro learning would 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 salvage that but i wonder I, it just seems to me um and again i wonder if i am old-fashioned it just seems to me that micro learning seems to not fit with language learning in a sense it it it, it would you would think so wouldn't you you th- or you think it'd be okay for like vocabulary items but even then you'd have the forgetting problem but then but isn't this the holy grail that language learning has been going after in technology since the very beginning? You know, like do it quicker, less time, cheaper, whatever. Like the quicker. It's really I, the, exactly. the it's quick the thing, isn't it? it I yeah. Mean, I mean, every, also, from, you... from learn English in your sleep, uh, from like the language lab <laughs> stuff. Like I'm thinking back to the 70s and yeah, things yeah. like that. No, like, I think it's just an accelerated. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in any site you come across. Accelerated learning. Yeah, yeah. accelerated learning. Uh, Almost all sites have like the first thing, the benefits of micro learning. One, less time to consume the content. And you're kind of just like, well, do we really want less time to consume the content? <laughs> it's kind of not. I mean, yeah. I mean they, they, then they would say it improves memory retention. It increases learner engagement. Is, I mean, like, if I have to go through all these videos, I mean, I'm not, this, I'm not, I'm not being critical of it because I can see the point of little, you know, we, we all work in online courses, so little videos, you know, make up online courses, uh, a lot of online course design mm-hmm. because because you need uh, probably done for data reasons more than necessarily anything else. But there yeah, is this they idea. Yeah, that thing about how much time someone's likely to spend on any given platform so it has to be in smaller chunks because you're not going to be there for an hour is the likelihood is you're going to be there for 10 to 15 minutes um, yeah. and yeah they, they kind of t- they talk about what a video clips being about seven to ten minutes long maximum mm. being, um yeah partly for attention span um and then they would say it enables learning on the goal it's, it's more personalized and those kind of things but i'm just curious i need to do more uh, more um digging into it uh uh with it but it just seems to me that everything is becoming micro and um Am I old? As I think is. Uh, well, what we'll have to remember is remember this, and then if we're still having this podcast in like 15 years, and everything is macro, and everyone's criticizing, <laughs> like, you know, this attention economy was proven to be wrong, and it's all about in-depth macro learning, and my kid can spend hours and hours just playing with a lettuce, you know, like that kind of. A, <laughs> you know, you'll have that kind of thing where it'll suddenly swing back to like, you know, what you really want is you want to capture that kind of thing, like, you know or uh, anyway but i guess if micro. the micro is accumulative and it's not just on its own 
but it's yes. part of then it's a step within a process yes and all of then these things it's can help. not really different to anything that we've been doing all along Oh, no, I just were worried. I am. I think my worry is always that these the, the people then then start when people do start. Um, I say worry is probably the wrong word, but when people do start do, studying on their own, which is great because you want learners to have agency and autonomy and all those kind of things. But when they're u- using all these things and they have this perception that you know a quick video is this or a couple mm-hmm. of Duolingo exercises is that, it kind of it, it, it undermines the credibility of the classroom teacher in in some ways. Um, yeah. That's just against my worry as the teacher trainer. You know? <laughs> we'll have to bring in our own little micro outcomes and micro aims. <laughs> and, you know, micro the problem tests. is that often the problem, the unspoken thing is this often goes with micro payments yes. <laughs> to the yes. teacher or the content creator. That's, yes. that's the other problem of it. Well, very true. But there you go. That was my that was my uh, thought. And if uh, be interested to know what people listening think as well. Uh, from it, I, I say it's not critical. I, de- I definitely design micro learning because I put it in my online courses. Uh, I didn't know I was designing micro learning, but I apparently I am. But I'm curious, uh, curious of that and the rise of the word micro. Micro is becoming big. But, um, Will it be the word of the year? <sighs> Next no, that's going to be lettuce. Oh, <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Yeah, <laughs> let's take another break. No, let us take another break. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, producer James here to say thanks for listening and just to let you know that if you want to say thanks to us for all the episodes that we've given you for free, we'd be really grateful. We love making this show. It will always be free to you. But there are some costs involved. So if you'd like to help out, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Commute and buy us a coffee. I'm more of a tea man myself, but I'll still appreciate it. Okay. Back to the show. And we're back. And um, Kerry, over to you. Let's okay. finish with what you're bringing to the podcast so today. I kind of like maybe want to circle back there and pick up on what Sean was saying towards the end. Or in fact, it was me being a bit facetious about micro being the word of the year next year. So okay. I'm wondering if my little chunk might be um, coming up as well as one of those buzzwords of 2022. Oh, so I'm, I'm intrigued. Looking- Okay, so I'm looking at quiet quitting. Ah, oh, yes. And it's like, yeah, I, it feels to me like the term's been around forever just yeah. because so many people have been using it. But when I looked into it, apparently it was coined only back in March. Um, of, of 2022. Just back step there. I, I, the first time I had heard of the word was mm-hmm. when, you, when you told us that you were going to talk about it. Oh no, I've heard of it. This was like it's like the the heir of the Great Resignation, right? Like it's the 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 child of the Great Resignation term has become quite quitting. No, didn't you all hear about the Great Resignation term during COVID of people leaving their work uh, in the states? Was, oh, right. Was, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, no. Well, no sorry. sorry <laughs> that got that Wonderful. Got well, this is a, oh, yeah, a whole right. new avenue okay. to explore there, Lindsay. Definitely. Okay. Well, sorry. Um, back over to you then. Tell us more okay, about well, but quitting. we'll come back to that. Okay. So um, I have like a timeline that says uh, that in March 22, a certain Dr. Justin Carrington okay. tweeted the phrase quiet quitting. Okay. And yeah, it was about. Um, so, I mean, like, 
if you go on the Urban Dictionary, there are so many def different definitions of it, but the basic one seems to be people who are doing uh, what they should do within their job description and no more. Okay, that's kind of trying to be the, trying to be neutral, but the and no more at the end is something that can swing it both ways. So it's kind of if it's a manager who's talking about quiet quitting, then you're being called a slacker. Oh, um, okay. Whereas if it's um, like a union activist who's talking it's about work it, to rule. Then, it's not working no, it's to not rule. work. It's not work no. to rule. Oh, right. It's doing what you're paid to do and ah. not having to bend over backwards and be available 24 seven and burning out. And so that's like, you know, that's one extreme is quiet quitting is um, a worker's right, as it were. So, you know, sort of, we, ah. it's not working to rule. It's not being pushed around. It's not being exploited. It's not being underpaid and overworked, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one side of it. And so they're saying that like, you know, sort of uh, Gen Z, for example, um, sees it as a kind of almost a badge of honor. So that uh, it's that work-life balance thing. It's the um, not letting work ruin your life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So quiet quitting um, is this thing of you, you're there, you do what you're paid to do, but you're not doing extra stuff or staying in the office until the early hours or working at the weekend, etc. You're doing what you if if they want you to do that, they should pay you more. That's okay. kind of one side. But the other side is that yeah. people are just they've had enough. They've they have burnt out. They're not working. They're basically ghosting their job and doing as little as they possibly can without being sacked. I, yeah, and, and in that kind of definition, I can see why it would be called quiet quitting. I, I, I'm struggling to see how doing your job uh, or just doing in the in the Gen Z definition you gave is quiet quitting because that's quite. I mean, quite quite quitting is isn't quite a negative phrase, I would say. Wouldn't it? Well, it, it, I think it started off. So in March, it started off as this negative phrase, and then. By July, it was on TikTok and it went viral on TikTok. And that's when it really kind of started buzzing around and everybody was picking up on it and making it their own. Um, and then apparently, though, <clears throat> it had been around in China in 2021. Oh, really? Okay. And the okay. Chinese phrase, Tang Ping, sorry, no idea what the pronunciation should be there, but is laying flat. And it's that thing of doing the minimal that you need to do and still keep your job. I see. I, I seem to have understood that that's what it was. And that was made, doing the rounds on social media in China. And then somehow... It's, it's curious with this, like, doing... It, nothing to do with the, the phrase itself. Mm. But, I mean, the curious is, uh, it's saying like doing the minimal required. It's like doing your job is doing the minimal required. <laughs> yes. I think it's also comes on the heels of, like, so many years that... The, whatever is in your job outline, there was sort of like the idea that work had to be your main kind of aspect yeah, of your I, identity. And so like you would do extra because like the whole idea of like, remember the, there used to be the phrase like, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. You know, the idea of like, like, uh, you know, I don't even think that I'm working because I love it so much. Or, I love, oh, I so love my job. I've, I've got my. And also, I mean, this links back to teachers as well, who are supposed to be doing Ab it as a vocation. Absolutely. Yeah. That and was going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm going next. Is, okay. It was like, so quiet quitting in general was kind of been, been thought to be aligned with um, 
office workers and possibly also rem remote workers and were people disengaging um, or were they being asked to do too much? That's the two sides of the equation. But then I thought, well, let's have a look at teachers and um, are teachers quiet quitting? And so there's kind of like I found quite a few vocal um, and articulate teachers, again, on TikTok, talking about how to quiet quit as a teacher and what that would involve. And basically, it, it's not uh, not doing your job at all. It's just not being um, hassled by extra work and extra this and extra the other and what your bosses are expecting of you and you don't want to give. So there were little examples like, we're all expected to chaperone the prom, right? This is US. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, you, it's not like you're not requested to do it. You're not paid to do it. It's just expected of you to the point that they send out a rotor and your name's there. Mm. And when it is, you're going to have to be there and what you're going to have to do and all the rest of it. And no one has even bothered to ask you do you mind doing it or not? And so, like, you know, that's just one example. So there's this feeling of um, exploitation and teachers in particular who are saying, like, they gave so much under lockdown, you know, sort of, the, they've been I think it's also so the, hard. Yeah, it's the working and also, like, the extra materials that you end up buying yourself because yeah. like yes, just too yes. much. So I buy all my own whiteboard uh, markers. I buy my own like this isn't working. I bring in my own thing in. I have my own cables. I bring and so all that, of that was, stuff. That's a big point of the quiet quitting for the teachers. Is that is stop paying for yeah. teaching materials. Why should yeah. I have to? So I'm quiet quitting. I'm not yeah. buying that material anymore. I'm teaching my kids. I love my kids. I look after my kids, etc. And a lot of it seems to be um, kind of younger age groups as well. These teachers that I've been seeing on TikTok, they're primary, elementary school teachers, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, that that's a big part of it as well. So it's not only your time, it's your money. And I was thinking what it, I should your boss be doing that you don't feel you should be doing? It kind of reminded what you're talking about reminded me of, of something that is a bit of a bugbear of mine in terms of the way people are managed. So like if people actually just do their job or are doing what they're supposed to do, and then uh, they're described as satisfactory yeah. uh, as doing the job, but satisfactory has a negative um, overtone yeah. on it. They're like yeah, you're satisfactory, yeah. but satisfactory means yes, everything is okay. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah. oh no, satisfactory is like a C, isn't it? Yes. You know, yeah. like and you just, want that, yeah. and, and, and but as long as they have a a category that is above and beyond, mm. then that and putting that as a high category then does mean that you know you're you're kind of subconsciously pushing people to do more than it was worth. And I think you're absolutely right that this must be something that would affect like caring professions like teaching and healthcare mm -hmm. a lot yeah. more because yeah. they're supposed to be vocations. So this kind of idea of like the teacher whining and someone saying, but aren't you a teacher because you love it? You know, like, isn't, isn't that what it's all about though? You know, so like I bought a whole bunch of these for, or like I spent, a, you know, five hours preparing this 45 minute lesson or whatever, like, and, but it's sort of like, well, yeah, but you love that because you're a teacher. That kind of, um, yes, that we shouldn't necessarily be, uh, be judged on that on that level that you are yeah aren't, so then you know. i thought like taking another step so there's the quiet quitting and teaching or teachers mm -hmm. so then the next step obviously was quiet quitting and students so, ah. <laughs> okay. Okay. so okay. i thought well i'll just google that 
are students quiet quitting? And um, well, the answer is obvious. Yes, of course they are. And But there were quite a few articles. Again, they, it seems to be US-based at the moment, this kind of shifting of it into the context of teaching and learning um, is to do with balancing mental health and right. um, workload. And so if they're also, all micro learning, are they quiet quitting? Yeah, are they quiet quitting? <laughs> or yeah. is that, so is that stopping the micro learning as part of the quiet quitting? Like, mm. you know, instead of micro learning, I don't know, yeah, reading a so book, they, going for a walk. <laughs> are they disengaging? What's going on? But I, I, I came across this like huge, I've got it open now. It's like a big caps banner headline, one third of college students quiet quitting to preserve mental health. And so there's this... Um, this idea again it's just kind of i think remembering the human side um i think it also works for students then as well because when i think of university that kind of when i was at university mm -hmm. the badge of honor of like i pulled an all-nighter or i've pulled two all-nighters to finish this paper or like you know waiting until the last minute like i've got an extension i'm just not going to sleep or i'm just running on coffee and jolt cola for like three days while i cram for this exam and and that kind of a I think maybe attitude. some of it is to do with, um, and this is me reading between the lines because I haven't read enough into it to kind of know categorically that this is it, but that more and more um, of the teaching, especially at unis, at colleges, has gone online and has gone into micro-learning. Mm, and they're being yeah. expected to do up to 70% of their course is now independent study which basically means doing stuff online and a lot of that is micro tests mm. um and uh, and for some students that just means disengagement a lot, of zombie, a lot of zombie clicking um yeah. you know it's kind of it's just so so again it's just it's quite interesting that it has also filtered into that so my last little search was um quiet quitting in the elt classroom uh, so, not doing the pair work, <laughs> or, 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 no, or is it, or is it, is it doing no. like doing the doing the info gap with the bare minimum? Like, you know, like what do you have for one? Sunshine. Yeah. Two? Rain. You know, like not doing, not making the proper in, sentences. In that, in that case, I've been quite quitting for years, and I didn't know. <laughs> so no, actually, when I look, when I looked up quiet quitting in ELT, what I got was lesson plans. <laughs> like oh, there God. are loads of people out there already writing the lesson plans based on what is quiet quitting. So it was oh, like I a, see. I see. Okay. Not, like, no, oh, I see. Not, no, so not no, lesson no, plans. Well, stop no doing one was them. Doing, no, <laughs> yeah. no one was doing it. No, no one in ELT seems to be quiet quitting. You know, I was going like. <laughs> in fact, they're doing the opposite. They're spending yeah. their free time making a lesson about quiet quitting. <laughs> yeah, so they're no, doing whatever the opposite <laughs> is of quiet quitting. I don't know. Noisy working. There are two things coming out of that well apart from it's, it's very interesting to see how it's coming out uh, really the this uh, the the fact that covid has realigned people into thinking about um work-life balance i think is really interesting uh and you can see that playing out i in in i see that playing out with with students and the amount of work they will want to do and with people you know, when you're employing people it's like now there's a much more awareness of of when more with my free time or what will I get rather than I will do this because I need the money and I want to do that. I find I find that's yeah, very interesting. I mean, it was already being said about managing Generation Z, Generation Z, uh, so Gen Z, whatever, that the they even before COVID were already 
expecting more from employers from this point from this point of view was that it wasn't the money wasn't necessarily what they were mm. after or the status they wanted to see a job where they would have other perks like you know so where they would have free time where they would have paid holidays where they would have, mm. and and also putting their foot down and saying well no that's not in my job description which mm. which is you know i think like our generation no. um, if i can spread our generation that way <laughs> it was more about like you know uh no work ethic you work yeah. hard you we want you to love your job we're all part of a family but, in this company you know that but, kind of a... yeah but but also i think with the, the I, I, and again, I don't mean this in a pejorative way, the work ethic, I think where you, we were used to working or we're used to working for people for a longer time, you know, mm -hmm. like, like yeah. you, we, we have much more, I've worked for this company for X number of years or why, uh, whereas your Gen Z people, they hop around quite quickly and that's seen as not, not their not, fault. It's yeah, the gig economy. No, but, it's yeah, like but, it's but, instability. Yes, it's, yes yeah. and no. I mean, a, a number of people that I, for whom um, I that would work for me or with me they just want to move on they've done that bit they've they've yeah they've done that they've experienced it they want to try something else now and they do want to try that or they want to try that whereas um yeah as i say i think the, there's this idea i was always this, this is longevity and you know i remember being told you know you don't want too many things on your cv you don't mm -hmm. want to be jumping around all the time and that that's an interesting thing the other interesting thing that from the conversation there is i never had kerry marked down as a tiktoker uh but oh but, but, I am but she clearly not, spends a lot of time on TikTok. I'm not a TikToker, <laughs> except when it comes to researching something, because it's now a, it now is one of the go-to's if you want yeah. to research something. That's yeah, true. So. That's true. <laughs> Should we TikTok out of here? I I think that could be good. Quietly quit out of here. Quietly oh, quit. Yes. And we're quietly oh, quit. what a great yeah. segue. All right, let's excellent. Oh, let's quietly not even risk it anymore than that. Okay. <laughs> See everybody later. Thanks Bye. For Bye. Bye. Thank you.